Welcome to another podcast by Victoria Point Baptist Church. We are glad you have joined us today. If you would like to connect with us as we aim to introduce people to Jesus by connecting with our local community and beyond, you can find out more at vpbc.com.au. As I look back over a number of years, I've realised that um, there's been various interests uh, that I've had to, or there's been various fads or things that have been popular over the years. Uh, Various things have been something that people have followed and got excited about and uh, uh, they seem important at the time uh, and then they move on and then there's others. So whether it has to do, I suppose, clothing is one of the areas. We certainly dress differently and things were in for a while and then they're out and then they're back in. Uh, All sorts of things have been popular at times and people have pursued them. They've lasted, they had their moment in the sun for a year or two or less and then we move on to something else. And life's like that. There seems to be all these things that we can get caught up in, interested about. Uh, They have our attention for a while, uh, and then they fall out of favour, and then we pursue something else. This is true in the church. Uh, Over the years, there have been things that have a various appeal to people. Uh, There's been people who have come along with some new ideas and some new thoughts, and people follow that passionately for a while, and then it changes, it comes, and it goes. Uh, One of the things about the life of the church is that there are so many things that we can get distracted by, Uh, so many things that we can give ourselves to, uh, but really they don't have a a great deal of reward. And and over the years, this has been true in the Christian church, that people have got distracted or sidetracked about things of interest uh, that has got their attention and they've given themselves to it, but there's been no real return or no real value Uh, in those particular things. And so because our faith is built around, I suppose, a knowledge of the Bible, because our faith is built around prophecy, because our faith is built around history, uh, as we look back, there are so many things that we can give ourselves to, uh, become connected to or committed to. And uh, sometimes those things are not always good. And uh, we need to realise, I suppose, and have an understanding what's really important, what is it that I really give myself to, if there's things that I need to know, what is it that I really have to know, and and what are some of the things that are optional. And we haven't always been good at that. Uh, In church life, as I look back over time, people have become fanatical about things that aren't important. Uh, People have been committed to things that are true, they're good, they're not bad things, but they are not the most important things. And and that's been a bit of a history, I suppose, over the church of many years where we get sidetracked or we get distracted because there's so much to get caught up in. And and so whether it's end times, uh, whether it's years and years ago, it used to be about which Bible translation, uh, through all of my growing up, the whole music thing, you know, it was a big thing when we bought in the chorus books, uh, and replace the hymn books and things. And, and at the time, all these things seemed so important and, and they sort of took so much of our energy and attention and they were talked about and they were written about and, you know, you'd have messages on it and all sorts of things. Now, those sorts of discussions uh, regarding certain things are not bad. I, I don't want to give the impression that they're bad, but they are not the best. And the reason that we need to have a concern about keeping our focus is that uh, the, the best often gets lost and we miss out. If I'm talking to someone and they're new in the faith, 
or they're just new in the journey of uh, journeying towards God, there's, there's two things that I want them to understand, and, and they're important to us. Uh, they sound simple, but if we are willing to take hold of them, we'll realize that they are the most important things that we can ever know. And, and because they're sometimes simple is because sometimes how we miss it and uh, we move on and, and we, we, we do ourselves a disservice because we miss the power of the simple. And so if I'm having a conversation with someone and they're just coming to faith uh, or they're just early in their journey, I want them to know two things. I want them to know who Jesus is. Uh, not just that he was God's son, but to understand fully who Jesus is. And the second thing that I want people to understand is what he has done. Why he has done it. And what has taken place uh, through the life of Jesus. So all of us are familiar that Jesus died on the cross. He rose again. We put our faith in him. uh, We have eternal life. We go to heaven. And so that's sort of a a, a really sort of a a succinct look at sometimes. The problem that we have is that sometimes we see Jesus as the beginning of our faith. But we need to move on from him to something more important, something more mature. We need to go deeper spiritually. We need to have a a deeper insight than just Jesus. And what I want to encourage you tonight is that Jesus is not the start of the journey. Jesus is the journey. There's no more than him. There's nothing else that we need to know except who Jesus is. And, And so... There's a sense where the simplicity of that is often lost and we often find ourselves going up dry gullies. In other words, we're seeking after answers, we're seeking after things that are going to be good and help for us, but we get to the end of it and we realise, hey, that didn't mean anything at all. And if you look over the history of the church, there's been so many things over time. This is the latest and greatest. Uh, Excuse my scepticism. Um, but there have been things that people have discovered and say, I have this secret, I have discovered something new. This is really the answer. And the history of the church is that these things have come and gone, come and gone and come and gone. However, the danger lies in the fact that you and I, myself included, are so open, so prone to chasing after these new things because we see there's some mystery in it. We see there's something new, there's something spectacular about it, and we are often drawn to these things. I want to state again, some of these things are not bad things. Some of these things are are terrible. But the problem that we have is that they rob us of the simplicity of the gospel. They rob us of the truth that is available to us just to know who Jesus is and what he's done. That we would understand that to be a child of God to understand that, to appreciate it, to understand how it's taken place and the way God's revealed his heart to us, how much he loves us in Jesus, what his mercy and grace really is. When we grasp who Jesus is and what he's done, we don't need anything else. However, we struggle because we are prone to seeking after other things, more exciting things, things that are new, things that will change things, things that will pep up my Christian life a little bit. We sometimes can chase after these things only to find out that rarely do they ever deliver. I want you to leave here tonight knowing this. Jesus is not the start of the journey. He is the journey. There's no, you don't move on 
It's not like uh, we understand Jesus is there at the beginning. We understand the gospel at some level. And then as we grow more mature and more wise and more knowing, that we leave Jesus behind and we go to new levels of spirituality. I want to encourage you to stay in the simple. I want you to keep it really, really simple. It's all about who Jesus is, to understand that he's God's son, the place that he played, and I want you to understand what he has done for you. Because if that has become boring, Satan has robbed you of something really special. If we're bored with the gospel, if we're bored about hearing how much God loves us, if we're bored to think that there's something else, Satan has distracted us and robbed us of the truth. We need to be aware of all these new revelations, all these things that are happening, because often they are just passing fads. Not always bad, but they are just passing fads, and they will not sustain us. The simplicity of the gospel is the most important thing. Jesus returns to his hometown. We read earlier that he was tempted in the desert. He overcame that temptation. He moves to Nazareth. Uh, where he is and he comes to his hometown and we take up the reading there from verse 22 then he rolled up the scroll gave it back to the attendant and sat down the eyes of everyone in the synagogue was fastened on him and he began by saying to them today this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing all spoke well of him and were amazed at the gracious words that came from his lips. Isn't this Joseph's son, they asked. Now, we read here in this passage uh, that Jesus said to them, I have fulfilled the prophecy right now. In other words, he was saying to them, I am the son of God. Right in your presence, right at this time, the prophecy is fulfilled in me. He is saying to them, I am the Messiah, I am the Saviour, I am the Son of God. What's their reaction? Their reaction is, isn't this Joseph's son? <laughs> isn't this... They, they, didn't, they weren't able to see and understand that Jesus was standing in front of them as the Son of God, the Messiah and the Saviour. You see, he came from that town. They saw him as a boy growing up. They became so familiar with him that they just, I suppose, overlooked the fact that he could be the Son of God. And that's what we have a tendency to do because from the time we were three or four years old and we're at Sunday school and we wised up very quickly that whenever the teacher asked us a question in Sunday school, all we had to answer was say, Jesus. <laughs> and we were right nine out of ten times. And so we become familiar with this Jesus. We talk about him, we sing about him, we read about him. He is central certainly to our faith, but sometimes we lose the intensity of the passion that we should have because we take him for granted. He becomes too familiar to us. And we don't understand that he is everything. I still find that I am overwhelmed when I consider who Jesus is that he was God who became flesh to dwell amongst us. I am still overwhelmed uh, at every level when I consider what Jesus has done for me, that through him, this broken, sinful person can be called a child of God. 
And yet that amazing life-changing truth sometimes isn't enough. Sometimes it's not enough for us because we become so familiar with it that we lose sight of just how precious it is. As many of you know that over the time I've had quite an interest in cars. I buy cars, I sell cars, I do that, you know, used car salesman, not quite. <laughs> but over the time I bought certain cars and as time has got on and they've got cheaper and cheaper, I've been able to upgrade and get newer models. So just to share some history, my very first real assignment here was a Mark IV Golf GTI. It had 110 kilowatts of power. That excites you, doesn't it? Just keep in reference the number, even if you don't understand what kilowatts is, but it's how much power the car had. And when I first owned it and I drove it, I put my foot down and I thought, boy, this goes well. This is great. It's wonderful, very powerful. Well, over time, as I've been able to upgrade with different models and get newer cars, I went from a 110 kilowatt car to a 147 kilowatt car. And then I went to a 188 kilowatt car. And more recent times, I've gone to cars that have 200 kilowatts and a little bit more. <laughs> the interesting thing in every case is that the joy of having a car or enjoying the power of the car only lasted a month or two. And then I became used to it. I became familiar with it. So originally, I get the car, drive it. Oh, this is great. It's got a little bit of power. Excellent. But after a month or two, I go, oh, is there something wrong with this car? It doesn't seem to be going as well, simply because I got used to it. And then I'd get a new one, and I'd upgrade, and then I'd be happy for another month. And then after a while, no, uh, no, something wrong. Then I'd upgrade and get another one. And so I just keep working my way. I come to realize that I will never be satisfied. If you gave me a 350-watt kilowatt car, if you'd like to do that, I would be impressed for a month or two. <laughs> but after a while, it would become normal. After a while, the thrill would go. After all, I'd put my foot down and think, oh, this doesn't really go so well. Same things happens in our faith. We are very prone to be, take Jesus for granted. We're very prone to take for granted this message that we are a child of God. We take for granted the fact that God's love for us is immeasurable. And he reached out to us in his son Jesus. The gospel, the message of Jesus... This idea that God reached out into humanity through him as an act of love is something that we take for granted. And if we do, we're going to be in strife. Why? Because the moment that we downplay the giver, we downplay the gift. Once Jesus becomes familiar with us, we don't understand just what he's done for us. And when we don't understand fully what he has done for us, we have spiritual substitutes. In other words, we get drawn to all sorts of things. Now, many of you here are far too young, but as I spoke this morning to the more mature people, they have been doing this for years. They have found spiritual substitutes. They have given themselves uh, to be fanatics of all sorts of things, none of them important. They are good things, but none of them are the best things. And they have been deceived and distracted and they've lost sight of the preciousness of the gospel. I just want to say to you tonight, if the gospel of Jesus Christ, who Jesus is and what he has done and the fact that you are a child of God, if that doesn't excite you, if that doesn't fill you with a sense of hope and purpose, if that doesn't fill you with a heart full of love for God, you have been robbed. The evil one has duped you into thinking that there's something else 
because there's nothing else. Why are we so prone to taking Jesus for granted? Why are we so prone in investing in other things? Well, can you remember how Satan tried to tempt Jesus in the wilderness? It was through pride. He said, if you are the Son of God, will you prove it? If you're the Son of God, turn this stone into bread so that you could satisfy your hunger. He tried to get Jesus through his pride. This is why sometimes the simplicity of the gospel is lost. Because you know what? When you fully understand the gospel, it is all about Jesus and it's got nothing to do with us. When we understand the gospel, we can't puff out our chest and say, look at me, because it's all about him. And because you and I are human, because we are often with a sense of self-promotion, we often look for different things in the Christian faith to be fanatical about. Because, you know, we can say, I know this. I've done that. I've had this experience. I know this mystery. I have this insight. And so we start off with Jesus, but because Jesus promotes a gospel where it's all about him and nothing to do with us, we feel left out. And so suddenly we try to increase our knowledge so that we can share it with people. Suddenly we get caught up in random things. We look for the latest and greatest thing. We become fanatical about certain aspects of the faith. Why? Because we can promote ourselves in them and we feel better about ourselves fundamentally, when we understand the gospel, we realize it's all about Jesus and nothing to do with us. But that's the reality and the truth of the gospel. It's all that he's done. It's nothing that we do. And it's important that we understand that. Otherwise, we will be deceived. If you want to boast about anything, boast that you know Jesus. If you want to boast about anything, know that you understand who Jesus is that he is God's son. Understand, if you want to boast, gain in knowledge is having an understanding of what Jesus has done for you. Understand what it actually means to be a child of God, the reality of that. Because if that doesn't excite you, if that's not enough, if that's not enough to keep you, in a sense, focused on your Christian journey and content and satisfied and at peace and full of joy, if the gospel cannot fill you with joy, Satan has deceived you. He has deceived you by suggesting there's something else out there. And that's why you have all these people pop up in recent times and it's been happening over hundreds of years. I have just discovered something new. This is what it really means. Follow me. Let me tell you, that never happens because there's nothing new under the sun. There's nothing more than Jesus. There's nothing more important to you understanding Jesus and the gospel. There's nothing more important to you than understanding what you are as a child of God. If being the child of God is not enough for you or me, we've been deceived. We've been duped by the evil one. He has reached out to us through pride and rather than accepting a simple gospel where Jesus does everything, we make it complicated and intense and we raise the level and we say, look at me, look at what I know, look at what I understand, look at what I can do. It was always meant to be about Jesus and not us. It was always meant to be simple, not complicated. So if you want to gain knowledge, gain knowledge of Jesus. If you want to be open uh, to all that God has for you, find out really who Jesus is and what he's done 
and you'll find that will be enough. There is no more. There's nothing else needed. And we need to go to that place of understanding. As we move on from verse 18, it says this, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and a recovery of sight for the blind, to release the oppressed, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favour. Isaiah is a prophetic book that talks about the coming of Jesus. Jesus stands up in the church in front of the people and says, this very day I stand in front of you and prophecy is being fulfilled because I am the Messiah, I am the Saviour, I am the one who has come to set people free. And the response was, isn't he Joseph's son? He did a really good job of that reading. Good local boy come good. But they were so familiar with him that rather than seeing the Son of God standing right in front of them, they said, isn't this the son of Joseph? Do you know, God does amazing things. And my testimony would be biblical, as it would be for you, that God does more than we can ask or imagine. He has done some incredible things in my life. He has proven himself to be faithful good in all sorts of ways. But I want to share this. If Jesus did nothing else for me than what he did at the cross, that would be enough for me. If only, if that's all that he ever did, that would be enough for me. Because when we fully appreciate who Jesus is, how he came to us and why he came to us and what he achieved, what it is to be a child of God, we would have no other expectations apart from that. And if that's not enough, if the gospel's not enough, Satan has deceived us and duped us. He has made us to that point where we're not satisfied with the words of life. Think about the gospel just for a minute. We were once prisoners, now we are free. We have been set free. Once we were blinded by deceit and lies, but now that we can see. We were trapped, we're lost forever, but now we've been rescued and released. And the favour of God rests on us. The favour of God rests on us. We are his precious children. I trust and pray tonight that we wouldn't be deceived because the gospel is simple. I pray that we wouldn't move on from it, thinking, well, it's a good starting place, but I need to go deeper into the Word. I need to be more spiritual. I need to chase after something else out there that's really going to bring all this together. Because if the gospel of Jesus Christ doesn't satisfy you, you don't understand the gospel yet. Yes, you might know that you've got a ticket to heaven and your sin's forgiven, but if the gospel of Jesus Christ isn't enough, what he's done, what he's achieved, what he's given us, how God has expressed his love to us, then you have been deceived. In our pride, we've been deceived to think it's about us. But it's a very simple but life-changing gospel, and we need to understand that. Jesus spoke to them and said to them, Surely you will quote the proverb to me, Physician, heal yourself. 
Do here in your hometown what we have heard that you did in Capernaum. I tell you the truth, he said, no prophet is accepted in his hometown. Firstly, Jesus is saying, I understand your thinking. You are saying to me, if you are the Son of God, prove it. Do a miracle. Do what you've been doing in Capernaum. Heal yourself. Do something spectacular to get my attention, basically is what I've been saying. Jesus has known for a long, long, long time that there were people who were interested in all that Jesus could do, but they weren't interested in the message. And we see that time and time again, over and over again. Do I believe in miracles? Yes, I do, for sure, right on. Does God do some amazing, spectacular stuff? Exactly, he certainly does. But we need to understand that if the gospel isn't enough, Satan will deceive us that we'll pursue spiritual substitutes. And sometimes the spiritual substitutes that we seek are of no benefit to us. They are purely a distraction. It's the simplicity of the gospel that's really important. You see, he was far too familiar to them. Here's Jesus, the Son of God. This, this passage in Isaiah, this is like life-changing. This is the key passage in Isaiah. The prophetic word that I have been anointed to come and bring good news to set people free. And not only that, but he was right there in front of them and prophecy was being fulfilled right at that time. This is huge. This is life-changing. This is just, just amazingly huge. And they go, oh, isn't he just Joseph's son? <laughs> they couldn't see it because he was too familiar. And I trust tonight that those of us who have been on the Christian journey for a long time and heard about Jesus and dying on the cross and all those things, that we just don't pass that off as being too familiar. Because Jesus isn't the start of the journey, Jesus is the journey. It is so simple and yet so profound. It is so simple, but you'll never get to the end of it. Whatever means that you have to study, to investigate, to seek out, ask yourself this question, who is Jesus? Why did he come? What did he achieve? What's available to me as a child of God because of Jesus? And you will never be disappointed. It is a journey that knows no end. And the blessing that comes for pursuing who Jesus is, is beyond words. I came across a commentary that I want to conclude with. I'm reluctant to read it to you, but I will. Originally, I was going to paraphrase it and take credit for myself, but I thought that's probably not a good thing to do. But he says it in such a really good way that I just wanted to share it with you. Now, I know it sounds like I'm running out of things to say, so I'm just, you know, it's like when you have an assignment and you're short of words, so you put in a really big quote uh, just to fill it up. I don't want to do that. But I understand that I have read this passage three, four, five times and it, 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 it touches me in such a way that I cannot put into words. It, it opens my heart up to how amazing it is to be a child of God. It opens me up to the reality that this plan of God to rescue us is absolutely incredible and amazing. And, and what I am as a child of God is life-changing. So I understand that you only get a chance to hear this once, but I want you, as I have it on the screen, to listen to what it says and to ask yourself, what does this mean to me? Because I find in this 
brings us back to the beauty of the gospel. It satisfies not only our practical needs, but our intellectual, our emotional needs. Everything that we need to know is found here. I want you to understand that we don't study theology for theology's sake. Just studying to gain knowledge is a waste of time. (laughs) If something doesn't bring you back to Jesus, throw it out. I want you to understand that there will be many more new things, more secrets. People that jump up and say, I have discovered the secret. This is something new. This is the answer. That is rubbish. (laughs) Because there's nothing new under the sun. It's just about Jesus, who he is and what he's done. I hope by listening and reading this together, we will see the amazing love of God that's been invested in Jesus. And we will understand that the gospel is enough. Jesus is enough. We don't need anyone or anything other than him. It is Jesus and only him. If you have energy and desire to grow, to mature, to get more knowledge, may it be knowledge about Jesus. May it be knowledge about the gospel. Be a fanatic of Jesus and you'll find that the simplicity of that will change your life forever. Someone wrote this. It is a message for which the majority of us may be profoundly thankful. For to all who received, who believed in his name, he gave the power to become children of God. It means that the perfect righteousness of the new man, the second Adam, Jesus if you like, the perfect righteousness of the new man can be extended to every other man, however sinful. Whoever will receive it in repentance and faith. He does not need to be a Jew. He does not need to belong to the same tribe or the same culture or even the same century as Jesus. He does not need to be religious or clever or influential. The mere fact that he is sinful man means that Jesus came to save him and to make him a son of God. Even I, therefore, can bring every one of my sins to him and know that in respect of all of them, he has faced the same kind of temptation and merged victorious. He is the one who in every respect has been tempted just as we are, yet was without sin. At every point, listen to this, read it, take it in. At every point of which I have failed, he has achieved a righteousness which will cover my sin. And on that righteousness, and not my sin, God will look. He will look He will only look on me as is found in him, Jesus. As I claim the perfect obedience of the Son of God, the second Adam, for my own, it is to me that God will say, Thou art my beloved Son, with thee I am well pleased. When God looks at you, he sees Jesus. In your brokenness, in my brokenness, in my sin, in my failure, in my shortcomings, in my selfishness, in my corrupted state. Whenever God looks at me or he looks at you, if you're in faith and repentance, he sees Jesus. How has that ever become boring? How has that ever come to the place where someone has to find a new secret, 
a new revelation, a new way of doing things. How possibly could it be that that's not enough? The righteousness of Jesus, the perfect man, the Son of God, the second Adam, has been accredited to you. That is the message of the gospel. That is the message of God's love. And I want to say this. It is enough. Do not be deceived to think that there's anything else or there needs to be anything else. Keep it simple. Who is Jesus? What has he done? And how good is it to be a child of God? Let's pray. Father God, we ask tonight that you would enable us to see the limitless depth of blessing that's found in the love of God. Not just that you loved us, but the way in which you loved us, how you adopted us into your family. And even though I am broken and fragile, sinful, at times perhaps corrupt, even though I am all those things, what your son Jesus did for me was to cover all of it. And God, I cannot believe, I cannot put into words, but when you look at me, you see the face of your son. The righteousness of Jesus has been given to me. Lord, I pray for our young people. I know it's early days for them. And I know as they go forward, they will have a genuine desire to go deeper with you. They'll have a genuine desire to be more mature. They'll have a genuine desire to grow in their faith. But I pray this, Lord, protect them in that desire to grow, to understand there's nothing more than Jesus. If they're going to invest, if they're going to be fanatical, if they're going to grow in knowledge, may it be in growing in knowledge about Jesus, who he is and what he's done. God, forgive us that we turn it back to ourselves. We try and find a faith that is measured by our achievements. Look what I know. Look what I have done. Look what I have experienced. Look at the gifts that I have. God, forgive us that we always seem to turn around a simple gospel and to make it about us, not you. But the reality is the gospel means it's all about Jesus. It's all about him. And Father God, I know that you do amazing, miraculous things. You've done miracles in my life. I've observed you do amazing, incredible things that no one could understand except the power of God. But Lord, help us not to be deceived. Help us not to be drawn to the spectacular, but help us to be drawn to the simple. The gospel of Jesus Christ, the message of God's love, the amazing way that God reached out to us in Jesus. Would you make your response... Would you be a fanatic of Jesus? Would you be committed to him and knowing more about him and investigating and reading and searching and studying so you know more about Jesus, who he is and what he's done? Would you have the courage not to be seen by the latest fad, the latest discovery, the new way of doing church, this or that? There's some good things there, but none of them are important. I pray that you'd be protected from little side groups of the church. End times people, creation science people, this and that. Again, good things, nothing wrong with them. But they're dangerous if they rob us of the best. Our focus simply needs to be on Jesus.
It's all we need to know because he's everything to me. He wants to be everything to you.